Colossians 1.18 says, So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. This podcast is going to help you live out your faith, walk in the Spirit, and rest in God's grace. Hey there, my name is Wendy Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Spacious Room Podcast. Hey there and welcome to this week's episode of The Spacious Room and today's episode is actually called A Spacious Room. Yes, well I hope this week's insights is going to help you to live out in that spacious room. But normally we're guarded, we're contained, restricted, restrained. You know the space, these well fortified strongholds that can live in our lives and hold us down it doesn't allow any room to commune to breathe to dream to walk freely in the promises of God and this is how our enemy wants and needs us to live as believers so we're not a threat to his dark kingdom but my friend what if we decided to rise Become brave and allow God to invade, take over, move into every aspect of our lives. What would that look like, I wonder? You know, the enemy doesn't want you to know that there is a vast, boundless, spacious room just waiting for you so you can live fully in the freedom Jesus died for. But you're wondering, how do you find this place that your soul cries out for? How do you find this spacious room? How do you reach it if the door is fastened tight, padlocked to the ones who need to enter? How do you step into this broad, spacious room that is filled with endless possibilities if you don't even know how? Well, today, my friend, I hope you will have the keys to these insights that I'm going to give you to open that spacious room and to live in it. So we all have cravings. Not cravings as in food cravings. I mean cravings to to live out our aspirations and our passions. And, you know, they groan. Our dreams groan within us because we feel confused and we feel cramped by our desolate, defeated thinking. And these are the strongholds that chain our thoughts down so we cannot walk free and live in the spacious room God offers us. And sometimes we can feel like a prisoner captured by the enemy as we allow Satan to keep us small and contained, locked like a princess in the tallest tower of the darkest castle, restricted by the cramped cell of the enemy's making that robs us as boundless ample spacious room that our dreams long to live in so what do we do we blame God for not rescuing us right for not being there for us and our wounded thinking keeps taunting us with the one question that haunts all of our dreams of living in a spacious room did God really say you know the the lidless eyes of the sinister snake stared right into Eve's thoughts in Genesis chapter 3 and he messed with her feelings and he fueled the sense that God was holding something back from her because 
the spacious room of the garden, they were told they could take their pick from, anything and everything they want. It now felt contained and restricted and it felt restrained because the serpent had highlighted the one tree, the one tree they were not allowed to enjoy. And as the snake's intertwining coils wrapped around Eve's thinking, his carefully plotted poisonous lie held her hostage, convincing her she was indeed a prisoner. So what did she do? She hid. She hid in her prison of thinking because she wondered and she doubted and she questioned if God really said to her that he actually really loved her. And Psalm 31 verses 7 to 8 reminds us that God hasn't handed us over to the enemy. It says, I will be glad and rejoice in your love for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You've not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. Just let that truth sink deep into your soul. You have not handed me, God, over to the enemy. But really, the truth is, you have set my feet in a spacious place. You know, Satan wants us to keep thinking that we're contained. He needs you cramped up, restricted. Because like Eve, if, if we actually knew how much authority has been given to us by Jesus' death, how much power has been given to us by Jesus' death, it, you know, Satan would have nothing on us. Nothing. You know, according to the biblical commentary in the Old Testament, Now, this is really interesting. The Egyptians, they cast spells when they laid the mummified bodies in the pyramids for the afterlife. And if a creature like a serpent was considered dangerous or a pest who could threaten their dead, they cast a spell on the serpent. And the spell was that the serpent would crawl on its belly so it wasn't a threat to the person, thus keeping it face down so it wasn't in a position to rear its head up and strike. And this thinking ties in with the Genesis story, right? Because it says in Genesis 3 verses 12 to 14, God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Can't you just hear the disappointment? You know, and I was like, what's happened, Eve? Why have you listened to the lie of the serpent when you've been given Everything. You've got everything. You've got more authority over them than ever. He's got nothing. But he says, what is this you have done? And then Eve comes straight back at God and says, the serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate. And then God told the serpent, see, this is the key. This is where it comes into the Egyptians casting spells. He says, because you've done this, this is God to the serpent. He says, because you've done this, you're cursed. Cursed beyond all cattle and wild animals. Cursed to slink on your belly and to eat dirt all your life. You know, our enemy wants us to believe that we're as cursed as he is. 
blighted to live a doomed existence in the confinements of small thinking because we feel there's no room to live our lives in the spacious room God set at our feet in. But you know what? The serpent cannot strike you down. He has to crawl on his belly. He's got no power over you, like the Egyptians casting the spell. It's not a spell that's God's cast on the serpent. It, it's his authority. It's his word. He's saying, you're down on your belly, you shall go, because the, a snake on his belly is no threat. He can't rear up his head and strike. And that's what he was saying to Eve and to the serpent. He's like, he's going to be on the belly. He's not going to be able to have any authority over you. But we keep listening to the lies that he does. And we feel that we're as cursed as he is and blighted to live a doomed existence. So we don't live in that spacious room that God set our feet in. But the serpent can't strike you down. Crawls on his belly. He's got no power over you. Because the God desires the cravings, the aspirations, the passions that you have been given by your creator, put in your heart. They keep calling your name over and over and over again, reminding you to walk in the authority that's been given to you, that's been given to all of us because of the death of Jesus on the cross. It's not our authority we walk in, it's it's God's authority. So we need to stop living a small life. And we need to walk in the dreams and longings that shine light into the darkness of our guarded and restricted thoughts. You know, the spacious room reminds us of the authority we have been given by Jesus, the one who defeated Satan and all his principalities at the cross. James 4, 7 to 10 tells us to submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. It says, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. You know, there's nothing sly, nothing cunning about God. He doesn't set you up to fail as a certain, ser- a certain serpent did in the garden. And remember this. Remember all this when you doubt, when you worry, when you get anxious thoughts that tell you that you're not capable and you're not worthy enough to live in that spacious room that God promises. Because it says in the Bible that every good gift bestowed, every perfect gift received comes to us from above, courtesy of the Father of lights. He is consistent. He won't change his mind or play tricks in the shadows. We have a special role in his plan. And he calls us to live by his message, his message of truth, so that we will show the rest of the other people, all the creatures on all the earth, of his goodness and his love. So this week, I hope this is really helping you. And I hope that you learn to commune and to breathe and to dream again and walk freely in the promises of God. And to use that authority that God has given you and walk boldly and confidently right into that spacious room with your head held high and ask God to invade, take over every aspect of your life and give him your heart so he can show you how much he loves you and give him the room as well, the room to move in your life. 
So what would life look like if you actually trusted God and you stepped out and you lived in that spacious room and you realised that you were not a prisoner locked up in a tower? You're actually free to live in that spacious room. Well, I I pray today that you will stop listening to the lies of the serpent that keep telling you, that you're confined and restricted and you will learn to walk in the authority Jesus gave to you because of his death on the cross. And I pray for a holy confidence, a boldness to rise up from the guarded, contained, restricted and restrained thinking that that has been in your mind. And I pray that you will grasp with both hands all that God has planned for you and walk into that spacious room he has for you with confidence. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Well, thank you. I hope this is helpful and I will get to chat with you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you would like more teaching and messages on the Christian life, then check out my website, thebigvoiceonline.com. I look forward to sharing the spacious room with you next time.